Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Episode 70 of The Story Studio with your hosts, Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox and Ben Arrington. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Ben Errington, and I'm joined by uh, Luke Condor with a K. Oh, <laughs> Daniel Wilcox. That's beautiful. It sounds great in the Bristolian accent as well. I yeah, I could, I could have dialed the Bristolian accent a little bit more if I knew that was what you're into, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> Were you trying to get a bit more neutral? I was trying to, but it's it's impossible. Almost. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible, my babber. <laughs> <laughs> I like your accent, Ben. It's lovely. Yeah, I, I wish you. I had it's more a... of an accent. I think I've got a pretty nondescript accent now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fairly, it's not, I don't know, queen speak, but neither is it, you know, slum chum. It's kind yeah. of in the middle. <laughs> when, I, when I go to Mansfield, I do pick up some more Mansfieldian style. <clears throat> like I start calling like water, water. And man, That's and not a thing. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> is that the That's number not the one? Thing unless... You're an angry that- Frenchman and you're asking for mal water. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Gerard Depardieu, I just wanted to say his name. Yeah. <laughs> no real reason. So today we are discussing... Well, we, 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 we can't stop talking about Black Mirror. Like in every episode, I think we've had to get in a bit of a Black Mirror section. So I think today we decided we're going to get it all out. We're going to pick at it until, it's, until we're fully bled. Pick that, at the scab yeah. until it's all horrible and under our fingernails. Yeah, Lovely. it's the only way we'll heal. It's the only way we'll get over it. Exactly. And there'll there be a beautiful go. scar in the shape of a golden mirror. Lovely. Wow. Sounds um, good life. <laughs> so, what have we been up to? I guess it's just, it's pretty late on Sunday night. This is the latest we've ever done a podcast. I think. Yeah, I'm ready for bed, guys. You guys, which is weird. The last Christmas. time. Last time Ben was on, it was the earliest we've recorded one. Yeah. I'm just breaking records all over the place. (laughs) We should go even earlier next time. 
Yeah, we should do like a four o'clock episode. Oh, that would be yeah. interesting. Should we do one like in the middle of the night? That'd be good. Can we yeah. just whisper the entire thing? It'd be like a sleepover party, but podcast sleepover podcast party. <laughs> you say whisper the entire thing? Well, like an ASMR video. <laughs> ASMR video. Yeah. Welcome to the Story Studio, the podcast for an independent publishing company. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, it makes, no? me, it makes me quite I, sleepy. I thought it was going to be all right, but that creeped me out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it gave me goosebumps, but not the good type. Yeah. Like <laughs> it reminds me of an advert as well. I don't know what advert it is. Mark Suspenses? Uh, maybe. This isn't any Parma ham. This is the luxurious, delicious, suck your fingertips Parma ham. Whatever <laughs> that one is. Sounds delightful. Have you, uh, Dan, let me just guess yeah. what you've been up to. You've been editing some novel. You are correct, yes. And, um, I am tentatively saying that tomorrow will be the last day of edits, to which I'm quite excited. Um, yeah, and then we can kind of crack on and get on to the, the third draft, which is, boy, just as exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's good because I think, as we've said before, with the process we're doing at the minute, I think we get to a point where we bleed a story dry on an edit, on a plan, on the original right, and then by the time it comes to us being ridiculously bored and sort of you know pushing it away from the plate... We're ready just to swap and we can go back to the other story. Oh, yeah. feels so much fresher as well when you swap. Yeah, yeah. And I've not read Lazarus it, well since I first wrote it, which was a couple of months ago now. So a lot of it is still... A lot of it's been pushed out by They Remain. It's and... quite it's quite different. It's a romantic comedy now. It's, oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I felt like it was missing that. Yeah. Maybe like a Swiss romantic comedy. It's erotica, sorry. It's full-on erotic. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh fantastic. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's what you need when you're writing a story about a 13 year old boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh my god, it's a coming of age tale. Uh, a coming of age, a coming tale, you could say. <laughs> this has got this got really dark. Yeah, sorry. I mean, coming um, of age. Um, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> now I'm really uh, excited to finish it. Um, like I was saying just before we were recording, I've got a couple more bits. So once I've got to the end, I'll go back and just quickly iron over, and then. Yeah, it's it's looking in good shape. It's sitting comfortably at around fifty-seven thousand words. Um, yeah, and then we'll be moving on to the next thing. So I'm excited to get that pushing along. Cool, cool. Uh, exciting. That sounds good. What about mm. you, Ben? Uh, so we've been that we our El Marvo project is taking a nice jump forward. Yeah, um, it has. It has indeed. It's been exciting seeing it all sort of like come to life. Yeah, what, a bit overwhelming as well, I think, because uh, it looks great. Yeah, so we've had the so in the minute we just put into it like the pitch package together. So we're putting the five pages together, and we um, have had the five pretty much finished pages back from the artist. Um, I think we're going to go over now. We've seen it out. We we sort of can see where like the script needs a bit of tinkering, like the, the yeah, dialogue yeah. and the narration boxes. Um, I think that was to be expected, to be yeah. honest. Like. I did kind of think a few bits might need tweaking. Yeah. A few bits might need adding as well, because I've noticed there's a few panels which look a bit... A bit naked. light. Yeah, a bit, a bit light, isn't it? Like I was reading um, uh, some 2008 stuff, which I'll go on to in, the, in my big whip, but like they're really dense, Like, and I've kind of realised how light our script was yeah. compared to theirs, but it's all part of the process. If, if, if we're thinking about it, on page one, we can do a hell of a lot. Oh, yeah, we yeah. Can have loads, loads of space. There, yeah, yeah. Again, it is quite... It is quite Sparse. Yeah, but I know what you mean because stuff like uh, uh, like Watchmen, when you go back to it, you realise just how much these absolutely huge blocks of text and you know all the all the dialogue. People are people are really you know 
Yeah. I think I was worried because every time I've like seen advice, they've, they've always said to uh, don't go crazy with the dialogue and the, and the text because you can quickly overwhelm a reader uh, and you can like you can yeah. cover the art. But I think we've maybe been a bit too Yeah, sparse. I think we've got a hell of a lot of room to play with now, which is going to be yeah. good. And then hopefully that'll give us a little bit of an idea of what to include in the in the future in the future yeah. pages for the first issue so yeah it's it, yeah but it's all a sort of like uh learning curve isn't it it does look fantastic as well it's really exciting to actually because I'm, I'm still kind of i guess bare to the idea that i don't know a lot of the cogs that are turning in the background i only see sort of the artwork and and the pages they drip but it is looking pretty incredible already yeah and that, headshot, that, that, that front the, cover oh yeah the front cover looks amazing yeah, yeah. The, the headshot in there is pretty beautiful i would say oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah, the the, yeah, the, addition, the addition of the, the addition of the sound effect kind of just took it to took yeah. it to the next level, really, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's quite exciting because I've never, you've had like visual stuff made before, but this is the first time I've ever had comic ideas put down on onto an actual panel by panel page. It's quite nice to see it. Yeah, yeah, it is a good sort of like it's exciting when you get that sort of like uh, inbox. When you get the little notification on the inbox, you know you've got an image to look at. It's like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Have you showed it to anyone yet? Other than Hawk and Cleaver people? No, I don't think I have. No, no, I haven't. Not yet. I think I've showed it to, a bit to Kat. But, yeah, a um, bit. Just flashed it. Like, there you go. That's all you get. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I, don't know how she, I don't know how she'll feel about the more brutal elements of it. <laughs> mm. she, she's not so much into that, but... I am. So <laughs> it's my book. <laughs> yeah. There uh, go. So I guess I've I've just I've been doing the same thing as Ben there, and also been doing the same thing as Dan with the editing of the novel. Uh, I'm a little bit behind though. I'm at 55k, <coughs> but I've got like another 15k to edit. What so. what round? Oh, did you say you're on round three of edits at the moment? Round two. Right? Still round two. Round two. Round two. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's the title? What's the what? So we got Lazarus, and what's the title of the other one at the moment? Uh, we're between two, I think. I don't. I don't yeah. think we've quite decided. Have we done? I no, not yet. I'm just going for they remain as a working title. Okay. In my head, it's they rot, but they. I'm. I'm. I'm good either way, really. Um, they remot. They remot. Yeah. <laughs> they remot. They rotain. Which one are you they rot towards, and, Ben? And remain. Um, I quite like they rot. Uh, but then again, I don't know too much about the story, so yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's just literally going on the word alone. Because I think, as I descri- as I mentioned last time, they remain just sounds like a <laughs> EU referendum, post-apocalyptic <laughs> world. Yeah, they the remain. Rot, the rot is kind of the overarching link, and yeah. will be between books. It is just, I guess, how we feel the vibe is from the first book. I mean, it could be they rot, and then a subtitle <clears throat> sort of that describes it. But um, I guess. I'll just get grab your opinion when you've sort of read through what I've done to yeah. see how you feel with it because it is the rot is in there. It's just not half as heavy as it was. Yeah. So bit of can I ask a question? Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Yes. Have you two have you two had any like major disagreements regarding the stuff so far? Seeing as seeing as of the process you're writing. I don't think so. Oh, for God's sake! But... I, was for, I, was, I was over for like a little little bit of drama, a little bit of insight into the way you guys work. No, no, I think we're both pretty relaxed. He wants numbers and I wanted Roman numerals <laughs> and I was all very mad. <laughs> I think we're fairly relaxed anyway. To, like, neither of us are egomaniacs. Neither, neither, neither of you have like, removed something that someone someone was really precious about then. 
Thing is, no. because we're swapping novels every time we go to the next section, you kind of just forget about the other novel for a while because yeah, yeah, you're so yeah. focused on the one you're working on. Um, and by the time we swap so, back, I'm, I would have forgotten so, the bits I would have been more precious about. So what you're saying is someone could have secretly got rid of something you're precious about, but you just... <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, I don't yeah. think I'm precious about much of anything of it at the minute. No, I think so. because it was, we were very accepting that, especially with the first draft. Anyway, the first draft, we it, it is just throwing up on paper and and hoping that something good comes out. But we said when we swapped over, like at the end of the day, nothing nothing's precious. Do mm. do what you feel because you're almost coming back as a reader into that story because yeah. you've seen the beats, but you've not seen the actual story come together. So I kind of. If you, as a reader, as you're going through, feel like, hold on, that's a bit crap, or that needs a bit more work, then I feel like, you know, who's better in the seat to adjust it than the person reading it? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, guys, because I was worried. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want you guys falling out, you know. I know we've got a long journey to go yet, and it might be <laughs> when it comes to books two and three, we might want very different things. <laughs> Maybe the sticker, the sticker's going to be the title. You're going to come. You're going to come to blows over yeah. the title. Yeah, I, I hope. I, I think I would cave quicker. So whichever one you want to go with, Dan, really. But, um, <laughs> I, uh... Dan is pushy. Dan is pushy. <laughs> I'm awful. Um, we you, you come up with all the titles so far, anyway. So you're you seem to have a better head for Thanks. like Lazarus with your idea. I've had no complaints with my head. No, it's a big one. <laughs> um, so what? should we want to should we tell people? Uh... <laughs> Should we tell people like how many books we're planning on doing in these for next year, or is that too soon? No, let's do it. Let's be ambitious. So we want to release these books and a total of a total of six books next year. So three in each in each universe. Um, wow, and potentially that will close one of them anyway. Because yeah. so far, I'm thinking one of them will be a trilogy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, which one are you thinking? I don't think we discussed it, but I think I think we did Lazarus. Okay, yeah, yeah. So mm. Lazarus, it feels more like a trilogy anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really interesting, actually, because I was thinking about this today. So I've been listening, and I said this in one of my previous big whoops, been listening a lot to the Hamilton soundtrack, been learning a lot about the American Revolution, which features quite heavily in the beginning of that book. And now when I go back to it, I'm thinking maybe there'll be some bits that I want to to sort of colour it oh, with. Oh, cool. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I did a shocking amount of research, really. <laughs> I did you watch I that YouTube video at... I sent you? Yeah, yeah, that was kind of it. <laughs> that was that was the extent of my research. Like, there are red coats and there are blue coats. Confederates, red, uh, people, yeah, them. Yeah, I had to Google some things. So I had no idea about the Civil War. Um, yeah, right. Wikipedia. Should we go, should we go on to the yeah? But yeah, it was Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> should we go on to our big whoops for the week? Uh, what a big whoop! Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Has anyone got one? I've got yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. I've got one. Okay, I, did, I didn't think of one, and I've suddenly thought of one. Um, I'm, I've started watching a, t- a TV show on on Netflix. I think it's like seven parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Top of the Lake. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard of this. You heard of this? No. Confused faces. Uh, yeah, I, I was recommended it probably about a year ago by by a work colleague, um, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I was a bit like feeling a bit lazy, didn't really want to hunt it down too much, and suddenly, bang, it appears on Netflix. It's like a it's like a crime thriller sort of uh, drama set in I'm pretty sure set in New Zealand although mm. I've seen about, I've, I've only seen three episodes and no one's actually said where they are I keep going I'm just say I'm literally going by accents so I'm pretty sure it's New Zealand yeah. is, it, set... is it important to know 
What's the what's the what's the countryside like? Is it well? There's like there's like a there's there's like yeah yeah exactly. It's very New Zealand. I was okay. just I was yeah. I was still confused. There's like a Maori guy who like turns up as well. So I was like, right, okay, it's definitely New Zealand, but still not confirmed hundred <laughs> percent. My uh, my New Zealand accents. I'm literally going by Flight of the Concords. Yeah, I was, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, do these guys sound like Flight of the yeah. Concords? Uh, basically, it stars uh, Elizabeth Moss, who was in Mad Men. If you remember, I've not seen any Mad Men. I don't. Uh, know right, she was. I've, I've not. I've seen a little bit of Mad Men. I think she was like a, a secretary to John Hamm's character, possibly. Mm. She the redhead. So, no, that's 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 Christina Hendricks, isn't it? Maybe all right. So if she was the receptionist, Elizabeth Moss was someone else. Okay. Um, quite a, quite a petite lady with like a, with like a bob haircut, maybe. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Basically, yeah. it's like a it's like a crime thriller where she is a police detective in sort of like rural uh, New Zealand. Everywhere's rural, is it not? Um, and it's it's a story it's a story of a girl who like attempts suicide and then goes missing um she's 12 and she's pregnant hmm. so basically just starts unraveling all this really dark sort of like crazy horrible sort of stuff um i can't really go into it too much without sort of spoiling it but yeah it's sort of it's, it's about trying to hunt down this girl and then encountering all these different all these different characters along the way and it's just this really really well written and this uh sort of like draws you right in like i saw, I probably watched about 10 minutes and i was already like hooked is it quite Where's like a, a dark thing? Is it like um, there's that other Netflix mystery killer thing set in the US? Um, is, is it is it dark? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. Um, but Good. but I think there's some really interesting characters. Like there's a there's a dude in it. I don't know if you've ever seen the Paddy Considine film Tyrannosaur. No, I, re- sure. I really want to watch that as well. Is it the same guy or um, the the old dude, the the old Scottish dude, is yeah. like the main character in that. Is in this as like a sort of bit a pretty nasty dude. So uh, yeah, he was he's a pretty good character. Holly Hunter's in it as well as sort of like a, a leader of I want to say a cult, but it's almost like a women's refuge type thing. Women's refuge slash cult. Who sort of it gets involved in sort of what, it, but it's a sort of really sort of like uh, interweaving like narratives and like really all really well written characters and just I recommend it. It's uh, it's cool. good. It reminds me. I've just I've yeah. just uh, got my Netflix thing back up, and the price has gone up to seven pound forty nine. Yeah, that's a horrible. That must have been a Disgusting. that must have been a shock for you, Luke. Are you all right? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll get over it. I think. Yeah. There's one less coffee a month. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sounds good, man. I'll oh. check it out. I think. Um, we need more yeah, series check out. to work. So it's a it's a it's a few it's a few years old, but I think they've confirmed that there's going to be a follow up, which I think comes out next year. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's only like as I said, it's only like seven seven hour long episodes. Cool. So, just, yeah. What about my you uh, yeah, my big whoop uh, is actually two two trailers released today, yesterday, yesterday. Um, one for The Last of Us Two, which very I'm not sure how I feel about it because The Last of Us One was such a well rounded game in every aspect and it kind of blew most of the games that i've played before out of the water in terms of the story was phenomenal the gameplay was ace the the concepts kind of lent a new lease of life to a, an otherwise saturated zombie genre hmm. um and just did a fantastic job and it kind of felt like it didn't need a part two is, is it um, just because it's the same characters like would you have preferred a new set of characters and a new story set in the same world 
No, I think the I think having the characters in it again is good because you you really connect with Joel and Ellie, and it's that it's their relationship that you kind of grow accustomed to and, and learn to love. Um, I, I I don't know what it is like. I played the DLC was good, um, maybe a bit too short, but it was good. But yeah, I, I think I'm excited at because I'm excited because I trust them because they've done a fantastic job with the first one because. Um, Naughty Dog did a fantastic job with Uncharted series in general. They're good, they're fantastic storytellers. So I trust them to do well. I just don't well, know if we needed the second. Arguably, would you say that the, the, the sequel to Uncharted was much better than the first one? It was, wasn't it, really? Do you think? Which one? The sequel to the sequel to Uncharted, so Uncharted 2, yeah, was, yeah. Was, was better than the original, do you think? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they each got better each time. So, yeah, I have faith that they'll do a good job. It's just, I kind of, I felt like I was... Felt like you know that was a box put to the side, but no, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. And then the second trailer was for Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Oh yeah, which have you guys so cool. seen it yet? Yeah, yeah, it looks fun. They, I, I, there's something about mixing seventies and eighties power rock with sci-fi space battles that just yeah. gets your blood going around your body. Um, but and little yeah, baby I, yeah. Groot, yeah, they've got like they, the the callback scene where baby Groot's on uh, Rocket Raccoon's shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just uh, loads of good bits of Drax in the uh, Mm. in the in the trailers, aren't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, It just looks like it's gonna be another fantastic story. It's one of those that I don't know. I think I just I I like Guardians because it's fun, and it's not even like I want to say oh it's just you know an average film, but in terms of like the effects and everything, it's it's just a fantastic film, and it's so different to the other stuff that Marvel is bringing out. Yeah. That. That it's quite refreshing. It's almost like sort of splashing your face with water after you watched the others. You know what I love the most about Guardians of the Galaxy series is when you watch Star Wars and like other sci-fi space war films, like the skies are always kind of like um like the two tone. So you've got the black and the white stars. But Guardians of the Galaxy, like every like scene of space is like a beautiful watercolor nebula mm. painting. Um yeah, it's, it's just, every scene is beautiful. And I always think about the scene where in the first film where Peter's about to kiss Gamora mm. and like, uh, I can't remember what song's playing, but, and then you've got like a beautiful nebula in the background. I just thought it was a really pretty, really nice scene. Yeah. yeah. No, it's the, the, the dialogue as well. The script is just fantastic. It's just, yeah. it's funny. It's witty. It does what it needs to do. There's not really, I, I don't think there was a point in guardians one where I was like, I felt I was getting a bit bored. It was just constantly yeah. up and down in the right ways. And, how do, yeah. you think they're gonna, how do you think they're going to implement these characters in like uh, Infinity War? That will be interesting. If that's what's going to happen, that's going to be that is going to be interesting. But I think just... you've also got in in sort of um, Civil War and all the others, you've got that element of fun in there anyway, and they seem to as as the each film comes oh, yeah. out, they seem to be adding that comedy almost <clears throat> almost to kind of match it. So I think there's just there's just yeah. going to be so much wit jostling for space. <laughs> And we're, then, gonna yeah, Tony, we're gonna have Tony, we're gonna have Tony Stark, we're gonna have Spider Man, we're gonna have yeah. Doctor Strange, <laughs> we're gonna have all of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters, we're gonna have Thor, we're gonna have Hulk. It's just gonna be Spider Man. Well, assuming this is yeah. what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is it's gonna be, you know what I mean? It's gonna be crazy. Your eyes are gonna pop out and your lungs are gonna bleed from laughing. It's just too much. That sounds like fun. Also, <laughs> uh, James Gunn's just put another trailer out for uh, the Bell oh, yeah, yeah. Experiment, which I'm really looking forward to. Have you seen it, Dan? I haven't. So, no. 
I think he wrote the film like years ago, but yeah. he never get it. Is he, is, he, is, it, is, it, is he not like uh, writer and producer on it? He didn't direct it, did he? He didn't direct this one, no. The director oh, right, is the okay, guy okay. who directed Wolf Creek. Uh, uh, I don't know the, if it's the film or the TV show. But um, so the idea is that they're in an office, um, some new age, nice looking modern office, and then the doors like lock, and there's a voice that says, You need to kill someone in the office within so much time and if you don't will kill someone so it's got like a battle royale sort of feel to it but set in an office with like a it's a bit like office space meets battle royale okay yeah but it looks really cool um but james mm. gunn is a good writer he's a uh, very i think i've liked most like sliver was a really good script i think it was really funny if you ever saw that i haven't <laughs> yeah 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 That's yeah super, super was good i, I... I didn't really know it. I didn't really know James Gunn was involved in that for a long time. Yeah, and uh, super, really dark, like oh, yeah. quite That's a funny cool. film. Yeah, he's a good guy. I, I really like James Gunn. Yeah, I like him as well. He seems to have a good sort of like uh, track record so far. Yeah. Uh, so my big word. Bo- oh, sorry. Go on. Yeah, go. Uh, go, go, go. So as you know, I've been trying to I've been writing some future shocks, which are like the 2000 AD, um, like. It's the way to be- become a writer for 2080. You have to like prove your metal by writing these short stories for them. And eventually, after you publish so many, they give you like they let you pitch on series and they let you do bigger stuff. So I've got this book. It's called The Best of Future Shocks, and it's um yeah, it's it's just a shitload of these short stories in black and white. A lot of them are really old, so like from the 80s, 70s, 80s. Uh, so it's Grant Morrison stories, Neil Gaiman stories. And these are stories they wrote before they were big, like before they mm. were like massive names. Like Neil Gaiman's like almost Huge. an household name, I think. Now. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the story that like they're kind of cheesy in a way. <laughs> like it's very much like um, that sort of old school seventies view of science fiction. So, and they're, they're kind of like uh, so. There's like one story where I think it's one of Peter Milligan's stories. Um, so it's about there was a bomb that went off on Earth that there was loads of destruction, so it had to go on the ground. And then you think it's been told from the perspective of a human. And then they say, now we're finally ready to come back out to the ground. And then the last panel is like a mole coming out of a hill, <laughs> like a hole <laughs> on the ground. It's just loads of little things like that. They're quite silly, quite stupid. Some of them, I would say, it's quite inspiring to see, like Neil Gaiman's story. Some of them just aren't, they're good, but they're not, they're not great. I mean, we, no. we could like, but it's inspiring <laughs> to see because like, you saw where he sort of came from. Mm. Uh, so it's really nice to see. Um, and again, like seeing how much, like if you, if you, Ben, if you look at this, like how much like text, I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah. Like compared to like our, our El Marvo script so far, like it's just, there's so, there's so much text going on there. But um, it's good to see. <clears throat> and it's given me some ideas of how I'm going to do some of the future submissions. I, I don't know how far my, my, Submission will get this first one I've sent off, but I know how I can do better ones next time. That's the key. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sweet. Yeah, cool. Okay, Black Mirror. We should probably say this is going to be a spoilerific episode. <laughs> Spoilers coming at you. Yeah, there's no holding back. Would you guys? Have... <laughs> Are you taking your top off to get ready? Like, yeah, let's get into this. <laughs> right. would, you say, would you guys say this is your favorite season? It's the only one I've watched, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think I think in previous seasons it was kinda like 
no, I wouldn't say hit and miss, but I'd say they were, they were sort of like two or three. Well, actually, I can't even remember how many episodes, how many episodes were previous series. There's three, three episodes in each season. Oh, right, right, geez, all right, not two or three then. I mean, no. like one. One would sort of like jump out at you as being, yeah. as being like the best or the most, or the most, or the one you talk about the most. Whereas I think with this one, every single episode kind of was was pretty amazing in its own right. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty memorable. Like I wouldn't necessarily pick one out in this in this series that I'd say was was wasn't so good. I think they were all pretty awesome. I think they were pretty awesome. I think there's one that's lacking a bit for me, for myself anyway. Um, I guess we'll find out which one is. I've got like each episode written down. Should we just go through one by one and just see where we? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So the first episode is the one called Nosedive, which I didn't realize, but Rashida Jones co-wrote it. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, sort of a bit left field. Uh, so the who idea is, she, uh, who did she co-write it with? Sorry, was it Charlie Brooker and someone else? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Lacey Pound lives in a world where both friends and strangers can rate your popularity out of five stars um, due to technology inside phones and standard smart lenses that display everyone's name and current rating. Not only does this technology affect day-to-day lifestyle, but also affect social standing. Um, and then it sort of takes this very pleasant, nice woman, and it's sort of a, a destruction of a character tale, like we see a downfall. Um, would you say best favourite episode? Least favourite episode? Whereabouts would you guys rate it? Um, I think after I saw it, I was kind of like, oh, that was amazing. But I think once I saw the others, it probably ranked. Ranked probably quite low for me. But that, again, that's just in comparison to some to some amazing episodes. Just because I think the the sort of the, the dark route that it took wasn't, you know, it wasn't that that dark really, was it? For, um, yeah, I don't, it was a weird one to start with. I probably would have picked yeah. a different episode to start. This, this was this was probably the first one where you could really tell how much money was going into this series. Yeah. Because mm. you, you know every, everything, the, 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 they obviously had quite a large budget. Obviously, not just having Bryce Dallas Howard involved, but just everything looked so clean. And some of the sets, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how much of it was CGI, but that was one of the things that amazing. stood out for me. Yeah, the 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 quality of the actual entire episode is just sort of crystal clear. It's I don't know if that's something, like you say, that they did digitally or whether that's they found those those places. But mo- most of the other episodes, they seem to be set in darker locations or darker things happen, whereas this one, you've got sort of the blue skies, you've got mm. the sort of suburban paradise. It's Yeah, I always thought of Black Mirror as well as being sort of quite a British thing. I felt like all the stories were kind of set yeah. in the UK, and this was probably the first one where it wasn't. Do you f- it do almost you had like a bit of a... I think it almost had like a bit of a Hollywood sheen. Like mm. over, over it. Sorry. Do you think they picked this one to like ease the American audiences into the world? It's not. It's not the darkest. It's not what I would say is a standard Black Mirror episode in terms of how dark yeah. they get. It has a pretty... if they mm. if they did, then the second one would be in stark contrast. If you watch that first one and then go, <laughs> "Oh, this is good," I might watch the second Black Mirror. Yes. You will peel your eyes out. But like it's more American, it's a bit more Hollywood, mm. like Ben said. That the sheen's there, um, and it's sort of ends on a... No, no, you go on, man. Sorry. I was going to say it sort of ends on a happy note. I mean, it's kind of in a way, yeah, kind of terrible, it's but it's still positive. It's wholesome. I just think the whole, the entire premise of the episode, um, it it's just smart because you you can definitely see the world taking 
that direction where everything that you do is rated and it's such an easy incentive to give people to go you know you have to work your way up in stars and be a good citizen otherwise you can't have the things that you want yeah and the idea of that is just it's one of those terrifying things where i think with all of them where it's so close to what could be reality that it kind of you watch it and go ha this is entertaining but also it plays in the back of your mind yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of like all of the Black Mirror episodes are kind of they feel quite near future, don't they? They feel like, you know, no less than like a decade away, uh, really. And I think because social media and the way sort of how far it's come in the last in the last few years, a lot is is so relatable. Especially it's like rating people out of you know the five star things and how people how people like to present themselves socially and stuff. It, it was it was quite it was definitely a very interesting episode. Yeah, yeah what I mean. So you could pretty much tell what was going to happen quite early in the episode. Like you, you pretty much said it was going to be a story about this woman sort of falling down the star system. Like what, what, why do we like to see that? <laughs> what, what is it about us that like to watch people fail? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's when people are sort of like striving to sort of present themselves as something that they're kind of not. It's almost like a bit of a, it's, it's quite fake. And I guess it's, it's almost like, uh, pres- I, I don't know, sort of presenting themselves as something they're not. So to see her to finally take that sort of fall yeah. was quite satisfying, I guess. I think it's relatable as well to just in terms of actual modern day things where, you know, people do get obsessed with the whole popularity thing, even if it's not a star system, but people will, you know, have thousands of followers on Instagram, on Facebook, on Snapchat. They'll spend most of their time of their day doing these things to make these people they've never met like them in some way or to validate themselves. And to watch a woman go from like a 4.2 down and just down and down and down to practically a zero and almost be free of that fake... Like it's, not, it's not even a real oppression. It's a fake oppression that they put on themselves is yeah. that's quite close to home because... There are a lot of people out there who really don't need to post pictures of themselves. They get nothing from it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you said, Dan, like, it's, I mean, it's not an original idea because, I mean, Meow Meow Beans in community, this is the exact same <laughs> meow thing. Meow But maybe not as dark or as real. But, um, yeah, they had a shorter time frame to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good episode. I, I, the ending was, was um, I th- you know, because. A lot of like in the in the previous seasons of Black Mirror, uh, there's normally like a big cathartic speech where like one of the characters will just like it would be they'll pretty much be possessed by Charlie Brooker for like two minutes and they'll just sort of rant and rant and rant. And I thought this was a good one, but it wasn't quite up there with some of the the rants from season one and two. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it's good. I enjoyed it. How many how <clears throat> how many stars would you rate this this exchange we're having right now? <laughs> <laughs> Five out of five, mate. Of course, one. Uh, I'll give you four. <laughs> oh, one. Yeah. You, know, you can actually rate yourself for anyone interested. If you go on like rate.me.com or something, there's actually the there's an engine that it, I don't know if it actually does. It says it scans your social media profile and gives you what your social rating would be through that system. So I got. I think I did it with them um, because I've got like an alias online for games and stuff. And then I've also got my name. And I think my name got like a 3.4 and my alias got a 4.4. Nice. That's pretty, that's pretty good though. Yeah. Mm. So and we should find out what... each other who have given it a go. And I don't know if it affects it, but 
Some of the, uh, the what, marketing stuff what it is, is pretty so cool. Do it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I did it as well. I think I got 3.4 or something. Oh, is, it called, is it called rate.me or share.me? Or yeah, something? something like that, yeah. It's gone, Speed I think. Yeah. It says it's no longer available. Yeah. Ah. Is that ah. where I take it to heart? Yeah, it must be. I'm going to find it. There we go. <laughs> you found it? No, I haven't. I think it's just gone now. Maybe, maybe it was actually a real system, and people were like, "Shit, this shouldn't be a thing." Yeah, yeah. I just, I just googled it, and uh, apparently there is actually going to be like a not like a marketing app, but there is going to be one called People P E E P L E, which is going to be a, a similar thing. It's Yelp for humans. Oh. <laughs> I've seen because I've seen sort of low lowbrow things on where people just put websites where people basically just rate people they've had sex with and put it online that's like a genuine thing have you ever been um, on ratemypoo.com <laughs> i have i have I think, I think every uh english person who went through like secondary school has yeah, yeah, yeah. has been on ratemypoo.com it's just one of those websites that you just send people on. it that's opened my cool. eyes to a whole new degree of feces <laughs> there's quite a few rate my rate my uh, websites as well i think yeah yeah not, we're not good to them. <laughs> but yeah, when you compare the, the first episode to the second one, because I watched, my partner's quite um, squeamish with horror stuff. Mm. And I watched that first episode. And when I finished watching it, I was like, actually, Black Mirror's not that, because I came into the season three just new. And I was like, actually, it's not that bad. It's got, there's, there was nothing scary in it, really. Yeah. And then I was actually very thankful that I watched the second episode when she wasn't home. Because the whole idea of, just in general, the whole idea of, augmented reality but then the sort of direction it leads at the end is absolutely insane yeah so 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 yeah so so, so some nice american audiences have watched episode one and go this is pretty good it's not it's quite nice actually it's not bad <laughs> then i go into episode two which is called playtest which is my mm-hmm. I, I just love this episode i just absolutely love it um so the idea is the the little synopsis says cooper a man who lives with his mother leaves home to travel the world he keeps ignoring his mother's calls, uh, which is important. Feeling unable to connect to her, following his father developing early onset Alzheimer's and dying. Uh, so he's in London. Shortly after, shortly before he's trying to get home, he needs some money. He could just accept the call from his mum, uh, but decides to take one of these jobs off this website and ends up becoming a game tester. Uh, and it sort of goes crazy from there. But, like a lovely job. Yeah. <laughs> This is, I don't know, I just love this episode. Like, I think there's something uh, so horrific about the idea of something being, it's, it's got that body horror element, so there's something inside mm. your body that's using your own fears against you. It's, it's, for me, it just, it just creeps me out completely. Yeah. It's messed up. It's, this is probably, this is what got to be the most messed up one, right? Mm. And it's, again, it's not too far off what is already happening because there's a new game coming out. I can't remember what, and it is a VR game that it uses your habits and the way that you play against you. So if you're like a person that is slow and walks up to places really quietly because you're scared, it starts to understand that and leaps out at you. But conversely, if you run into things, it will find places to hide and will use that against you to scare you. So that is like a genuine thing that's happening. And then, yeah, the idea of, well, when when it first starts and he goes into that room and he's playing with that gopher, I just thought that was freaking awesome. He's just playing whack-a-mole with an actual real gopher. And when they're actually scaling up the, the level of detail, yeah, 
yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Like, I, I, so I like horror films and horror games and stuff, but there are some games that I just find ex- like extremely terrifying. And if you mix that in with that, like VR, which we're getting now, um, I know like they're, they're saying in VR testing, they're having to make some games less scary because they're truly like, and like army games less real because they're, they're going to give people PTSD. Like, and if you imagine like this whole idea of you being in the house and it looks like there's things actually there. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. It's, it's just, I, I just can't get over this episode. Um, I think it's the part where like he handles it well to begin with and you can see him going, ah, you're fake. And he's touching, he's putting his hand through it. Yeah. Um, but then it is that part where you start going like, what is actually real, which, and it, and it does, it does trick you into questioning how far it's gone. This episode wouldn't be half as good if, if the actor wasn't as convincing as he is. When he, when he's like truly terrified, you are completely with him. Yeah. yeah. Is the, is the actor Kurt Russell's son? I heard someone say that. Really? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, his name's Wyatt Russell, so... I am. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty yeah. sure it's Kurt Russell's son. Yeah, okay, he's yeah, pretty he, convincing, because yeah. he, he did the sort of, like, relatable, fun-loving guy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sort of quite well. Yeah. And uh and then when you genuinely start getting freaked out, you were like, Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, because there are there are a few bits, especially when when the girl that he sort of slept with yeah um sort of comes into the house you're kind of with him you're like where's she come from what's she doing here like what, what the hell what the hell's going on then she tries to kill him you're like oh jesus yeah that bit where she forces him down onto the knife uh, yeah it went through me pretty <laughs> pretty bad yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah i think especially because they're saying you shouldn't be able to feel it and he's like well i fucking can it's because you do start going in experiments like that, how far will it go? Because, I mean, essentially it could. If it can make you see things, why wouldn't it be, a- be able to make you feel things? And then at that point, without ripping it out, how far mm. into your system does it go? It's So um, Kevin Kelly, who's like a, a futurist, who he is, was the editor of Wired magazine, He's, he said um, in the future we'll go to a point, at the minute we're, like, we're in an internet of um, information, so we've got instant access to any information we need. But in the future with VR and maybe AR at some point will be in an internet of experience. 
who said it's very easy to trick your body into feeling things that you're seeing and experiencing. Um, my friend Dom, he works in like VR stuff, and he said he was doing uh, a VR test when he had a like a, a photorealistic room that he was walking around in, and he reached out and took something. And he accidentally took something in the, in his in a physical room at the same time, and it said it's, it felt so real to him at that moment. It felt like he was actually inside that world, and it's oh just so gosh. easy to trick your body into believing you're actually there. So if you're making mm-hmm. horror games with the zombies and Resident Evil AR, whatever it would be, like I can't, mm-hmm. I just wouldn't want to play it. I don't think it would, it would, it would kill me. Mm-hmm. Like, I played get the um, and stuff. yeah, I played the Sony VR, the PlayStation One. And there's um, just a, a demo thing where you're on a luge going down the street and you're sort of racing about. And I'm sat on the chair in, the, in this guy's living room just with this VR headset on. And just without thinking, I found myself just starting to recline and just straighten my body. And then as you kind of go down and lift over a jump, your belly goes with it. Yeah. You, you're literally <laughs> not moving, but your belly does that whole like... And it's yeah. just the weirdest thing to feel that knowing that you're still. You might, yeah, your mind is quite powerful. I um I, f- I could have done with another half an hour of in the house, like building up yeah, yeah. To, the, to the ending. I think it, it kind of ramped that tension up a bit more. Maybe even less at the beginning. I, I, yeah. I think they needed all that stuff though because it's there was a lot of montage for travel though. Yeah, it kind of like unraveled quite quickly. I think you kind of like got in there, and it, rather than rather than being given time to sort of like amp up the tension, it kind of like went bang, 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 and then sort of unraveled quite quickly. So yeah, it did feel a little bit insane. Yeah, I um. So there's like three endings, I think, from mm. serves. So the first ending is where his mind starts to wipe itself or something. So he starts forgetting who he is. I found that ending absolutely terrible. That was the worst ending for me. Um, mm. and then and then yeah, the yeah. way the way the the game designer just like sorry, like he just apologizes so nonchalantly, like as if it's just someone had a bad experience playing the game. It's, yeah, he's, he's ruining his life. And then, and then yeah. the real ending, I, th- I think this is like perfect Charlie Brooker. So the idea of uh, like the emotional ending of he should have just, an- should have called his mum back. He should have just answered the phone because it's the phone interference that ruins the the upload of the AI yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, so the idea that it's quite poetic in the sense that he should have just answered, should have just called his mum back. But it's mm. also kind of like insane, like it's got that Charlie uh, Brooker black humor of it's just phone interference that that's the reason like he had this horrible death basically. Yeah, that lasted like zero point zero one seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you watch his entire half up or forty no an hour episode, but he's probably in the house for what, like half an hour, and you just go, oh, so none of that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What yeah. did everybody think of the crazy faced human faced spider dude? It's cool. I like <laughs> I like that it didn't quite look real. Like, but then yeah. when the woman came in, it made her feel a lot more real. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool because you knew that something was going to come. But then it was also that part where I found it quite funny that it will jump out and then just be there. So you have that initial scare, and then it's just like, oh, yeah, wave. <laughs> Sp- spider face dude looked. It reminded me of someone out of Dead Space. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit like, oh god, it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine a imagine a VR version of Dead Space. Yeah. So in in terms of like a story arc, it was just beautiful. Yeah. A a bit longer I would have liked, but you know, we can't ask can't get everything we want. (laughs) Um 
But so for me, that episode's on top so far, and then nose dives after that. So the, the third episode was Shut Up and Dance, which is another amazing episode. Um, this is one of the most sort of horrific ones for me, in a sense. Uh, so Kenny, a teenager, needs to install a malware remover on his laptop. Oh, um, Jesus. After yeah. his sister had borrowed it without permission to illegally stream movies. An unseen hacker gains access to his laptop's webcam and records Kenny doing his thing <laughs> in front of his computer. Um, and then they use that footage of him fiddling uh, as a blackmail to get him to do whatever they want. And then it spirals out from there, really. How are you guys feeling about this episode? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. As I said, it was it was definitely one of the darkest sort of episodes, and it was it's a couple of a couple of the twists. I I guess I didn't really see coming. I mean, you could kind of they were quite obvious, I guess. But I just think so the which, way that which twist do you did you see? Because the twist, I the, the main twist to me was when you find out that he himself uh, is was watching Kitty porn. Yeah. Like that yeah, yeah, was that, that, that was it. I, yeah, I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one coming really, at all. But I kind of thought, <laughs> whatever he does, he's going to be revealed by this, this, this sort of unknown force, this, this blackmailing him. I thought, whatever he does, this is just going to be plastered everywhere anyway. Yeah, and then it, and it, and it was. But also the dude, the dude who was played by Bron from uh, Bron, yeah, Bron Thrones, yeah, one, one of Robson and Jerome. Yeah, I don't. Which one is he, Jerome? <laughs> Yeah, he, I thought his character was quite good because he was kind of like quite refreshing. He was almost like the, uh, he was just like the straight guy and everything. He was just like saying what everyone was thinking, I guess, which was yeah. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> it's good. I think it just shows you like that there's like a single mystery throughout the entire episode that just keeps you like who who are these people? That's like the mm. main question that like just keeps you watching and keeps you intrigued throughout the entire thing. And I, I yeah. don't quite. I don't know the ending, like the, you know, where they sort of it's a troll face, and uh, they're they're just going to troll everyone. I don't know yeah. if I needed all that extra stuff with all the other people. It seemed kind of tacked no. on a bit. I, I yeah. think they probably just should have just focused completely on this kid. Yeah. So I had um, a very weird experience with this episode because it happened to be um, my partner was out, her mother was staying over, and I was like, "Do you like interesting things to watch?" And so I ended up watching this episode with my partner's mother, um, who she's not squeamish. She's not like she's not squeamish or anything. She's just kind of she's quite you know straight laced and open minded. And obviously, it starts off with this child just wanking at a laptop. Um, <laughs> yeah, like no, normally, like working, when sex scenes come on TV and your parents in the room, it's kind of awkward. But that must yeah, be like. Yeah. <laughs> Just sat across you, on the stairs the sofa. Did you look over it's in season? Not always. Like... <laughs> did you, what it's did not you say? always like this. <laughs> but it's like it I was you, going. I was, did did I you look over in season tape on your webcam and go? Hmm. <laughs> 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 no, because I basically <laughs> I told her about the first episode. She was like, "Oh, that sounds pretty interesting." I told her about the second one, and I was like, "This one will probably be a bit flatter, not so gory." Um, but it was one of those things as we were watching it, where even she was saying that. This stuff is very much real. This is very much like there's no reason that a hacker couldn't do this, and how easy mm. it would be right now. And the guy, the the guy that played the kid, did. I, I out of sort of performances of the year, I'd give it to him because he portrayed that phenomenally well. And you do you think in your head, you know, if you're I don't know how old he was, fourteen, fifteen, mm. sixteen, and 
the minute and like a grown up or this unseen force is going, we've got you wanking on cam. <laughs> you don't want mummy to find out. There is no end to what they do, and and it really isn't. And everything in that is just—I I said it on the previous ones as well—but every everything in that is just believable. But like now, yeah, believable. It's, not, it's not not even near future, is it? That, I'm sure no. that probably. In fact, I think I read somewhere that that kind of thing does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, read I read a, I Maybe, read a story of that recently, actually. Yeah, I don't know how extreme those cases are, but I, I just I remember watching the part where he's in the bank and he's holding them up at gunpoint and he just starts pissing himself. Yeah. And at that moment, you just go, you are going to be a phenomenal actor because you feel so, so sorry for him yeah. in that moment. I think he's he quite well. I saw... real, <laughs> he's a method actor, I believe. So <laughs> He just pissed himself um, for real. He, uh, one of the big websites, IGN or something, said that he was he was the best thing of 2016. Um, so he, he think he's an alright out of it. He's obviously a very talented actor. Uh, the only yeah, thing I didn't like or didn't make sense to me was that he won the fight. Like, you know, the fight. Nah, yeah, yeah, I was confused by that. Because the other guy was like, unless he had a knife on him or something, like. That's why they didn't show it, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think he should have got a smaller guy. <laughs> I reckon, he, I reckon he, would have played, he would have played dirty. I reckon he would have, like, bit and scratched and maybe, like, slammed his head on a, on a rock or something and then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so... I, yeah, I remember finishing that episode and obviously, in terms of a satisfying ending. I feel like that's the most unsatisfied I've been. And I sat there when the episode ended and the credits rolled, just turned around to my partner's mum and we both looked at each other and went like, what is life? There's, yeah. there's clearly no hope. He's a bloody nonce, isn't he? He's a nonce. <laughs> After all of that. So, He's been fiddling at kiddies. I feel like the, the journey of the season is like, I can see what they've done now because it starts off fairly light. It goes a lot darker. This is probably one of the darkest episodes oh, because of the, the, the theme and the the material yeah. just um, I did I did I did read something similar actually quite quite recently that people um get chatting to people on like dating websites get them to Skype with somebody they, who they assume is going to be a lovely lady ask her, ask them to do sort of like stuff do some stuff on the, yeah. on the on the webcam and then they say like oh we've got this footage now uh, basically we'll send it all to to all of your friends and family on Facebook unless you transfer like 500 quid right now that's actually people, on um suicide. Like do you guys watch I'm a celebrity? No. No, so that's on the minute. And basically I, No, but I'm aware of it. Yeah, the only reason I bring <laughs> the only reason I bring that up is one of the guys on that at uh, the minute is a, a stand up comedian who quite early on in the series, that happened to him. And he he told this story and basically said that he was catfished about five years ago and it was only last year that they put his video online and now his dick is just everywhere on the on the internet. His dick is everywhere on the internet. <laughs> his dick is just everywhere. Is that his new tagline from his Go- website? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? My, uh, Joel someone. Joel I don't know what someone. Yeah. yeah. His- Joel someone. My dick is everywhere. <laughs> he should lean into that and make that his career, I guess. Um, pop up on his dick. <laughs> it's, I work in tech support, and there's a lot of people who bring in laptops with like tape and stuff on their web cameras. Uh, so I always look at him like... Hmm. I know why you're trying to like cover your privacy. I know. Do <laughs> <laughs> they remove them before they bring it in? No, it's worse as well because I've seen some people like blue tack on it, and it's like gone into the into the camera, <laughs> like, gone <laughs> behind the glass. So it's like basically broke the uh, uh, broke the camera. Amazing. So, yeah. So I mean, just don't. I mean, do we need to do? But bunch of nonces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we get like a uh, episode four. is quite a nice episode. It's actually. 
the only truly nice episode, San Junipero. Uh, so it says here, the year is 1987 and the setting is the scenic California beach resort town of San Junipero. A shy young woman, Yorkie, is visiting San Junipero for the first time and she heads to a crowded local bar called Tucker's. One of the first people she notices is Kelly, a vivacious party girl. Uh, and then, I mean, this is a a slow episode in the sense that it, it's like a, a, a very slow building romance and then they fall out and then they come together in the end. It's it's not like any other Black Mirror episode. It's also the only one that I'd say I can't see happening. What, like the technology? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think I, it will. <laughs> like, not, I, get, I, I guess something similar. The only, the only bit I was confused by, right, let's, let's not... Let's not... But initially, what did you guys think? Did you guys think it was time travel? Did you think augmented reality? I thought augmented reality. Um, and I thought yeah. it was like a game or something that people were playing. I didn't realize yeah. they were basically ghosts that of people that are living there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I thought it was... I, I don't know, I got confused because it had that part where she goes into another bar and suddenly it's not 1987 anymore. It's a different time period. And I remember literally just stopping and rewinding it because it confused me. And I was like, oh, no, that actually did happen. It's, it yeah. sort of jumps around a bit. But I, I, I guess I thought more time travel. It's quite similar to Ready Player One. Have you guys? No, it's, guys it's somehow like to read list. Like it's, mm. I've heard only good things about it. Yeah, because it is quite similar to that, where the people are living sort of these lives basically throughout this augmented reality and presenting themselves as sort of like much younger, fitter, or different versions of themselves. Um, when they're actually just sat in a in a in a hut somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it it did remind me of that quite a lot. Did you like this episode? Like out of all of them, how did you guys rate this, it? Yeah, I think this was this was up there because it was so different. I think because yeah. it was something that I didn't expect from Black Mirror at all. That's why it kind of affected me the most. Obviously, it was a nice sort of it was a, it was a feel good sort of episode, I guess, and also quite an interesting one in terms of what they did. I was quite confused though. Do you think when you pass over into that augmented reality, mm. like, are you essentially are you gone? But this ghost of you exists. This kind of like well, well I mean, that's um, uh, a big. That's a big question <laughs> because um, I I personally think that you would be gone, and it would be if they can basically clone your hard drive, your organic yeah. hard drive, into this other one and i don't think it'd be really you um i just no. think it'd be a clone of you there'd be no point really yeah come to think of it I, there wouldn't well, there wouldn't really be any point like once you're no. gone you're gone yeah well unless unless you're in there for other people to to visit or in there for other people to, to yeah. talk to still yeah no, yeah for, kind of... for other people definitely actually that does make sense the yeah. way they kind of presented it though was that once you once you pass over it's almost like you are still aware that's yeah. a, I, I kind of, I kind of got that, got that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still aware of yourself, so essentially you're still alive. And obviously, it is a metaphor for heaven, wouldn't it? That's why I kind of. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, the, yeah. My favorite shot is right at the end when they're inside of what did they call it? Just, just call it San Junipero, the, the system, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah they're all, they're all yeah. dancing to the the lights of the music, and then it cuts to like a data bank and it's just all of the little yeah. lights of the yeah, yeah, yeah. people cool. yeah, yeah. sort of the same music it's a really nice shot um yeah. but, th- but this is um basically one of ray kerr's wiles he's like a technology predictor person uh it's a technical term um 
this is <laughs> one of his predictions that eventually we will just upload our brains to um to a big cloud storage system and then we would just be looked after by this is after the singularity so this is after robots are, are taking over the world and uh maintaining it and then we'll we'll just live in this, in this cloud system and it will look and we can live whatever life we want um so and it's, it's the, this is the fur, this is the furthest reaching of all the episodes i think mm. yeah i think yeah, i still but... only get five gigabytes of hard drive <laughs> If, because it felt like, how far in the future would you say it was? It felt like it was maybe like 100 years, something like that. Possibly. Well, going by Kurzweil's predictions, I'd say about 50 years. Yeah. 50? Yeah. But I think I think that was one of the nice things was it is far-reaching technology, but they do it sort of set in the late 80s, so you've got that really kind of... Yeah, that position is really nice, yeah. Yeah, and just how they executed sort of a late 80s bar and the whole vibe of people dancing and what the atmosphere was like. I thought they did a fantastic job at sort of recreating that era that obviously I lived in at some point. Didn't. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it felt like really high quality. Like they put in a lot of effort to make everything as authentic as it could be. Yeah, it was really good. And I, I like the idea, like you could tell some, the thing is a lot of these Black Mirror episodes, they introduce worlds where I feel like there could be a lot more story told. Um, so I like, you know, there's that other bar that's like on the outskirts where people, the, the, the ghosts who have gone a bit more depraved, um, they just go and sort of live out these sort of oh, weird yeah, sexual yeah. fantasies and stuff. I feel like it could be more like of a darker side of it as well, but we, he just didn't take that turn in this episode. Yeah. I didn't get really, I didn't buy into really the, um, Ke- Kelly's, oh, excuse me, uh, when they argue sort of later on. I didn't feel like yeah. the motive for Kelly arguing with um, Yorkie was enough. It was like, oh, my husband, I had to watch him go. He didn't get to go here. Yeah, but she's just saying, you know, join me, have some fun. Yeah, yeah it kind of felt it kind of felt like it should have ended around about there, really, didn't it? Like it didn't need need that extra bit of drama, I don't think. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, maybe that's just because that whole drama, romance drama is not really my thing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I prefer the sort of the darker... Not action episodes, but the, the ones that sort of have a constant flow going forward. It's yeah. less of a, an emotional journey. Yeah. In terms of actually leaking information and driving the story forward, though, I thought it was fantastic. At, like I say, at one point I had to rewind it, and I feel like that wasn't a bad thing. That was because they did their job well. There was like a sneaky snippet where something was changing. Yeah. And then they introduced that whole thing of not feeling pain. And they're on top of the roof, and they talk about like jumpers or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was a bit like, at that point, I was like, yeah. something's happening. Here that is throwing me off of whack so it was really nice drip feeding before it actually revealed what was going on i think that's i think that's what they do really well in the entire series like just drip feed information throughout the episodes to because there's like very little exposition it never feels exposition heavy anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. no no it never I, does it, not at all enough. yeah no one sits there and goes well this is san junipero a place where people yeah. who are old go to feel young again uh okay so <laughs> this is the longest episode we might have split this episode into two episodes by the way because uh, we've still got a bit more to talk about like over the hour but episode five men against fire uh, a military organization is battling a threat referred to as roaches mutated leftovers of a biological weapon from an unspecified war stripe and rayman are part of a squad who use an implant called mass to help with strategic operations uh, so they're going around. It's, it's basically gamified a way to go around and, sh- and kill these uh, monsters. And then we sort of find out that the monsters aren't really monsters. They're just people who 
um, have genetic, not even genetic disorders, but just sort of. They're not as pure. They're not. Yeah. As, it's, it's like a whole Aryan thing, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. They're breeding out the weak. How do you guys feel about this episode in general? I feel, I feel like it was out of all of them. I felt like it was the weakest one. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure why. I think it was more so the fact that for me it was. Uh, I wouldn't say completely predictable. It was good in itself, but I kind of predicted what was going on quite early, and it was just. I, I guess a lot more of a, an obvious narrative than the others. Yeah, I think the the concept's quite strong, but the the, the actual story was. I don't know. It just didn't have the, the emotional. Uh, climax that I kind of would expect in the Black Mirror episodes, but I think I think they missed a trick. They should have told. If it was me, I would have split the the, the point of views in two. I would have told a story from one of the roaches' perspectives, but mm. not have them have them live out somewhere in, in the in the wild, wherever they are, and then have them talk about a threat that you presume is the is the roaches, but then you actually find out that it's the military uh, people and have the same thing sort of happen, vice versa. Um, Maybe Charlie Brooker will listen to this and then hire you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that, um, yeah, that, I think that would work a lot better because it is very much like, as, like the guy that plays the main character is a fantastic actor. Well, they all they all are. But yeah, I think it's, it would have been stronger having those sort of two elements because it was only once he actually crossed and saw those other people, sort of the woman and the child, that I felt connected with it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, again, again, it was another met- it was another metaphor when it? it was metaphor for immigration. Yeah, yeah, thinking this something like that. Pretty relevant, I think this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was re- it was relevant, but also feel like it it took some elements from the previous episodes, and kind of like put that put it front and center. In yeah. Terms of the, yeah, I feel like VR and sort of augmented reality really have had an effect on these episodes, haven't they? Rather than the the previous ones, mm. I know we've had sort of like similar stuff, but this one's like probably like three episodes now with some sort of. I feel like in the first couple of seasons, um, the episodes were completely separate from each other. But this one, this season, it seems like they're building a universe because like the technologies are quite prevalent throughout them. Um, it, it, like I know he goes back to like the eye camera thing quite a lot and um, mm. some of the AR stuff, but it's, mm. it was good. I just I don't know. I just I quite like the ending where what's his name from House of Cards is. Like torturing him, um, mm, that was cruel. I, I felt for him there, but I, I also felt that the ending, just in general, was unsatisfying. I don't know why. I just I felt like I needed more rather than just him resetting and yielding. I kind of wanted it to feel like there was something more. Yeah, I don't know what 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 could you, I don't know what you could put on the end there though, unless he kills himself or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wanted wanted him to get some sort of. I don't know. Do the right thing or get some sort of revenge for the roaches, but stab out his eyes. Just I'm obsessed with eyes this episode for some reason. <laughs> stab out the eyes. Stab out the eyes. Yeah, for, I think for me this is the weakest episode, uh, but it's still good. I still maybe that's it. why they put it one before the last one. Yeah, maybe, maybe they knew. Yeah. So mm. the, the the last one is the Hater in the Nation. This is like a feature length film length. Um, yeah. Yeah. DCI Karen Park has been summoned to hit a hearing to discuss her involvement in a case on May 15th of the previous year. Journalist Joe Powers was found dead at home with a throat cut. Um, Powers had recently been subjected to online death threats. That's as she published a column uh, critical of disabled activist suicide. Karen investigates Powers' death and meets up with a new partner, Blue, 
who was transferred from a cyber forensics department due to being changed by a child kidnapping case you solved. Uh, it's a long episode. It's about... Um, Bees. There's, there's so many elements to this episode. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's it's basically about, like, social media hate and, like, rage porn. And when I say rage porn, I mean people just jumping on a bandwagon and get angry and, and uh, like, death, for, like throwing death threats at people they have no intention of actually hurting. Mm. It's just, I think it's just, like, the... It, the ease of Twitter and being able to like talk to someone directly to like a celebrity or just like the president, yeah. <laughs> you could just tell him to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, when have we had that? The ability to do that, really? Yeah. Like the whole social yeah, media shaming thing is is pretty, pretty dark. I mean, I can't imagine how many people have committed suicide because of like online bullying and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's probably um, loads, isn't it? So I mean, I actually kind of agree with the <laughs> the guy's motives. Maybe I wouldn't do the same thing as what he did, but I, I like. Yeah. I think he's coming from a, a sort of correct place. Mm. Um, I think it highlights as well how quickly people do jump on bandwagons because even obviously, despite the them discovering and the nation realizing that hashtag death two kills people, mm. they kind of still absolve blame and just go, Oh, yeah. well I've done it because thousands of other people are doing it. So what differences make someone's going to die? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And it's interesting to think that people eventually were held accountable for something. They probably didn't even give that much thought at the time. Yeah. Even, even, even when it was obvious that this hashtag was actually killing people, you know, people were still doing it probably even more. Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, this is probably the only episode that has like a actual sort of moral lesson in it. I think like be more, be more responsible with your, what you're saying online. Um, but I actually thought this episode shouldn't have just been one episode. I feel like these characters could go on and do a whole season of, of, um, that could be a whole show in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah definitely. Cause it felt, it felt, it felt a little bit like Luther in terms of like the, yeah, yeah. Sort of- it was in London, wasn't it? It was set in London. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Sort of like quite the sort of like London set, Sort of, uh, sort of crime procedural, procedural drama, yeah, with like a near future uh, twist on it. I really like it. I also love that whole power hungry, in essence, side of um, is it that the mayor gets targeted, and when yeah. he's targeted, that's when he's just like, I don't care about anyone else. Just you know, change it, just fix it, just make it so that something else happens. Yeah, but obviously, it's it is the public actually being democratic in a way. In a way. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see Benedict Wong in something again as well. I really like Benedict Wong. Was um, he the yeah. agent guy that was sort of on their back? Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he's Chinese. So, I'm just the guy that presses it. the button in the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He fucks it all up, doesn't he? Yeah, he's had a beast. Yeah. One of, he's um, ruined. <laughs> I really like uh, the two main characters. Like, um, I feel like it's just a really smart decision having two pretty strong female characters. They're not, they're not like overly heroic, heroic or anything like that. They're just real people. Um, yeah, yeah. And they just seem like really cool characters. I'd love to see more of them. Yeah, cause I, yeah, cause I wasn't so sure about um, Kelly. Is it Kelly McDonald? The, the main, the main character? The one from train spotting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, but yeah they, I, I love them. Go on. I wasn't so sure about her to start with, but then I think she kind of like seemed like much more interesting characters. Time, time yeah. drew on and yeah, her I sort think... of partners are, yeah, the beginning part where she's kind of in court and then how that comes around again to she's in court and the rest of it happens. I felt like that was a bit of a slow burner. But mm, with yeah. um, with Faye Marzi's character, I thought that I loved everything she did, but she was also the convenience. Mm. 
it was just like, oh, I found this. Oh, I've also found this. So, was, but I guess yeah. you get a lot of that in. She's good at her job. Yeah, yeah. 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 She should be applauding her. <laughs> I also <laughs> love the whole premise of artificial bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I imagine that might ha- something similar to that may happen at some point. Um, yeah, yeah. But again, it's just it's just a great episode. I think it's the best way to end the season. Mm. When the when the artificial bees were introduced, sort of like in the opening minutes, did you think that they were going to be a major well, part some, of the story? Somebody had put some, like, tweeted something about the bees, <laughs> so I sort of had an inkling that they were going to be a pretty big part. And, and, and then when Thingy the died... The bees! <laughs> the bees! Yeah. It's sort of new, but I mean, it, it's just a good episode. I, I like. I think the motives of the of the, the villain were like, spot on, like, mm. sort of understandable in a way. And um, just... <laughs> Just a great story. Just a fully well told story. Do you feel like you came? Did you come away from the episode being more scared of bees or less scared of bees? I like bees. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm a big bee fan. I like bees. Yeah, I'm more of a wasp guy. No, no, no. no. Wasp guy. See if, you got, see if you guys can. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you a part of a film now, and you try and tell me what film it is because it's in my. It's been in my head for years, and I don't know why I've never actually tried to hunt it down. In a film, there are like bees or wasps trying to get into a house. And some guy like runs a bath, gets in the bath, and he's got like a tube so he can breathe, and they can't like get to him because they're in the water. But I think one goes down the tube. What <laughs> I've, film I've, is I've that? seen I've seen a, a film about killer bees before. It may be that one, but they're they're in a house and trying to get away. Yeah, uh, and the bees. They're in like, a house. Yeah, I think it must be the same film. It must be just be Attack of the Killer Bees or something like that. I'm gonna have to Google this. I think I, I think I saw it as a kid, and I was just like, yeah. it's always kind of like stuck with me. This. In a bath with all these bees trying to get you. It's, it's weird oh. those, those films that stick with you. There's one film that I always think about. It's um, it's like Attack of the Killer Clowns or something. And like I just got, I remember my dad watching it, and I was like really young watching it. And, and they're like shooting the clowns are shooting people with like rice guns or something. And I just remember <laughs> like I don't know if I dreamt it, but it was like they were like shooting people with like rice krispies. And it maybe this doesn't exist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did I did have something similar to that as well when I was a kid. Um, my, my dad was watching a film and it's called The Unnameable and I think it was like a HP Lovecraft monster oh, type cool. film Yeah. and in my head I, I remembered it quite vividly it was quite horrific sort of like a weird female demon thing with horrible wings and she used to like rip people apart and stuff and uh, I, I found it like on DVD in, in, in some shop like a few years ago and I bought it and it is absolutely terrible it's the yeah. worst. It's like the worst film ever. I'm like, how did this ever scare me? It's just so ridiculous. There, there was a similar one for me. Um, my dad was watching. I can't remember what it is. It's a Stephen King story, I believe. And then the, the the main demon guy is is Billy Zane, and um, they're like in a house, trying to get away from him, and he's got these like demon buddies and stuff. Like, I oh, remember I watching it. it from behind the sofa. My dad was watching it, and I, I had nightmares for weeks from that film. But um. I'm sure if I watched it now, it'd, be, it'd be probably be pretty terrible. But See, I'm a different caliber. I remember my first proper nightmares came from watching one of the Simpsons Street House of Horror with Mr. Burns as a vampire. <laughs> oh my that, God. literally, like, I must have watched that when I was about six or seven, and for weeks I could not sleep. Simpsons, eh? Is, were you, were you, are you scared of the, uh, the, uh, the bit where he goes down the stairs and then um, he, 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 like, he can't help himself, he has to turn it to a slide? And it's like yeah, down yeah, yeah. at the bottom. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. a good episode. I like that episode. Yeah, that one. I'm fine with it now, but at the time as a kid, that just got me. I don't know. 
I remember being a bit freaked out by Mr. Burns when uh, they thought he was an alien, but he was just like dosed up on. He was just dosed up on something, wouldn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Jesus. Giant, giant. Yeah, he comes out of the woods. He's just like. He's all glowing. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, "It's an alien! Oh my god! We come in peace!" And he's just like, he's actually just been dosed up on something, and the reason he's glowing is just like some sort of radioactive material stopping him aging. Was that the same one where he finds out he's immortal because he has every known virus and they're all blocking each other from doing their job? <laughs> That's amazing. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so let's quickly rank up the episodes. Um, okay. What's your favourite episode? Two. The Augmented Reality. I think I'll agree. I don't, ben, I don't know if, how you feel about that. Uh yeah, I did like that one. I feel my favourite one probably is San Junipero, though, just because for me, it felt like it was just so different that it felt everything like a Black Mirror episode, but also nothing like one. Yeah. And it, I, think, I think it was the one that stuck with me the most. I think I would always judge the episodes of Black Mirror by how, how long they stick with me and how much I really sort of give them thought. And I think every, probably every other episode, I kind of didn't take that much away from it. Yeah. With San Junipero, I think I did. So It's interesting. I think... The episode two, the playtest playtest episode for me is the perfect example of what I think Black Mirror should be, and San yeah, yeah. Oh, is, yeah, like, is, is is not. It's like the complete opposite, but it's still pretty amazing. Yeah, I'd mm. probably say uh, maybe I think San Junipero might be like my second favorite on there. Yeah, my I'd second would be um, Shut Up and Dance. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll go for Shut Up and Dance for my second as well. Um, I don't know how, to, how easy it's going to be to do. So, what about your third favorite episodes? Uh, third, possibly hated in the nation. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Hated in the nation was next. I think mine might be nosedive. Yeah, yeah, because because that was probably a little bit because it was my introduction into it, but also because. Yeah, it was just, it was just beautifully filmed. Yeah, it's a good episode. I think might be shut up and dance. Um, and then, what about four? What are you guys thinking for that? Yeah, probably play test for me. Is that that's what it's called, wasn't it? Play test. Yeah, yeah. Because as you said, it was like the quintessential Black Mirror episode, wasn't it? It was the one. And it's also probably when I've been talking about this new series, it's probably the one I've told people about the most because it's the one you can kind of like talk about without necessarily having to spoil too much yeah mm. yeah yeah it's like this this is this is essentially the premise of it and this mm. is the and a lot of freaky shit happens <laughs> i think mine's san junipero cool uh, yeah. no, nosedive for me i think and then we've got like the last two so five and six uh i'm trying to remember. okay i know which ones i've got yeah i know I by the nation is my five yeah mine too i thought it was yeah. fantastic but i also thought that <clears throat> yeah the, the others sort of overshadowed it mm. Um, I've got well, I'll probably go for Nosedive as my number five, I think, and then uh, Men Against Fire at the last one. Men Against Fire, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I still I do like Men Against Fire, it's not that yeah, I'm it's not that they're bad episodes, yeah. No, I, I just think it's what it, for me, like the first half of the episode felt felt really good and it kind of just sort of trails off, yeah. even, even with that twist that comes in that sort of tells you who the roaches really are. I would like to. I would like to find out a little bit more about that world as well. Sort of what's happened, and yeah, I think that might. Yeah. It's very self-contained, isn't it? It very much rolls around him, the girl, and then the boss. Yeah. 
And did it really explain why these people were being thought of as roaches? But then you also had like another community that was like living out in the sticks, and yeah. they were, but they weren't, they weren't roaches because they never really mentioned when they were talking about the roaches. They never really mentioned that they were just other people. They kind of just yeah. went, yeah. They spoke about the roaches as that. That felt like that was there to really cement the idea in in the audience of these roaches are like monsters or something. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's it's a good episode, but it didn't quite live up to the to the standard of the others, I don't think. Um, yeah. So this is the that's all the episodes. I'm afraid. I feel like we finally got Black Mirror out of our system. <laughs> Maybe. Never talk of it again. <laughs> Let's talk about the Christmas special in the next episode. There's a Christmas it... special. Oh, have you not seen it? No. Oh so yeah, it was yeah, last Christmas. I had. Oh yeah, I thought oh, you had a new one. Okay. Had Rave Spall and John Ham. I wonder if they do another one this year. Yeah, that'd Probably be good. Uh, the but... Christmas special is crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. It's a good episode. There's um, a reveal in the Christmas special where I was just like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! That, Holy that, shit!" That whole like internet dating style one where it's like the 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 the, the six guys watching him and sort of coaching him through the thing, and then oh, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the date kills him. <laughs> it's pretty horrific. <laughs> um, Unlu- unlucky. Yeah. Cool. Let's let's wrap up then because this has been a long episode. Um, thanks for listening. If you like Black Mirror, let us know which one you liked and which one you didn't. Um, why? And go to www.hawkandcleaver.com. Yes. Oh, hi, cat. This is a. <laughs> <laughs> just give you a quick. Uh... Yeah. So my my cat just got in the way there. Just the people. <laughs> um. Cool, okay. Uh, anyone want to send anyone anywhere? Uh, find me on all social media channels at Wilcox Author, or one word. Uh, yeah. Luke of Condor. And Ben? Uh, ben underscore Errington. Everywhere. Everywhere. Nice one. I'm going to start. Welcome to the Stark We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle-pip. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 